The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Legit Bat Podcast. We have a treat today. It's Tommy Chong. That's huge. It's huge. Uh, oh, I'm Joe. This is Jen. And that's Ben I'm over ben. there. If you're new to our channel, we have the free feed over on uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, uh, Spotify, all those things. And if you want to see the video, we're actually on rockfin.com slash legitbat too. That's a newer platform, but it's pretty cool. It's like the uh, antidote to YouTube. So, do you mean legit bat too, or do you mean like legit bat also? Uh, also, as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, socials. I, I have things written down so I don't forget. <laughs> oh, I guess they're on the front splash anyway. But if the, if you're listening on audio, it's uh, Instagram is legit bat podcast. Facebook is legit bat pods. Ben had to change up every single link. I swear, it's something different on everything. Rockfin is rockfin.com slash legitbat, and then we have legitbat.com as well if you want to get yourself a t-shirt or leggings or a mug or uh, whatever other random shit. We have fanny packs now, so get a fanny pack. <laughs> Rock that shit. We have to get fanny packs. And, oh, and Patreon. We have patreon.com slash, patreon.com slash legitbatpodcast if you want to throw us three bucks or five or two thousand, <clears throat> and you get a kind of a back catalog we do of shows uh, extended shows extra shows uh free merch we finally got merch which we talked about uh and if you don't want to give us money at all which is fucking fair enough you can just share the show with somebody share it with somebody you love or somebody you hate maybe you hate the show send it to one of your enemies that's <laughs> fine too we welcome everybody anyway yes sir. so to tommy chunk uh, kind of a one-off for us, obviously, not just uh, for for name-wise, but uh, in style. Normally, we deal with a lot of weird, crazy, fringy shit, and this was just, I mean, normally we just have a conversation anyway, but this was just a random conversation with a dude yeah. we all know that we've all never met, and it was <laughs> fucking cool just to meet him. Yeah, I, I thought, and without giving, you know, any particulars, <laughs> I, I loved how it wasn't the overboard or stereotypical... Um, things that you would think about asking when it came to a name like Tommy Chong or his or the or again stereotype his counterpart Cheech Marin, uh, but it was cool. Like we, I loved how you just entered the conversation with him about this last year and his off time. And uh, I w- I'm going to say this right now. I was really surprised at how chatty he is. Because uh, I've watched other shows and stuff that he's been on, Doug Benson and uh, Joe Rogan and stuff, and 
I, I don't remember him being as chatty as he was today. It was really cool. Like he he just kept it going on his own and uh, kind of kept us entertained. It was really awesome. He's probably like, uh, I've never heard of this. No one else has either. So <laughs> I'll just say what the fuck ever. He just wanted to tell his stories. And I think he's learned yeah. a lot too in the last couple of years, especially this last year, it sounds like he's, I don't want to give anything away either, but he sounded more of, um, I don't even know, like a monk. I think he actually did describe himself that way, but just like one he of did, those yeah. people that's just like, ah, everything is love and light and everything's cool. Like it wasn't. Well, when you smoke that weed, or that weed, that much weed for 82 <laughs> years, you'd probably be pretty chill too. Yeah. He's pretty chill. No, I know, but his whole outlook was like that in a, in a year where everybody's like, fuck, and stuff like that. He was like, dude, it was badass. No, he was just <laughs> like, so accepting of every experience. He looked at everything yeah. with such a positive outlook. Everything was, there was literally nothing that bothered him. It was funny, Ben, because you were asking him a couple questions like, what irritates you the most? And he was just like, nothing. Like, I was like, I don't get irritated. Like, I don't even get mad. And we're like, whoa, okay, cool. That's actually yeah, that sounds cool. great. Well, it was just nice because we uh, pl- coming into this, we planned on not trying, you know, trying not to do the politics or conspiracy theories or anything like that. I actually did want to ask him about aliens, and I forgot. <laughs> I wanted to see if, how many uh, how many acids he's done too, and how many mushrooms. But how many acids? It, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, it was nice to kind of lay off politics and even COVID. I mean, it, it came up a couple times and I'll let it slide. I mean, we all have our own views on things, so that's fine. But other he, than that, great conversation right, yeah. with a cool dude. And that's cool. He had a different view <clears throat> than most of the guests that we have on. And that's fine. That's part of our show. We accept everything. We listen to everything. We're open-minded here. So Yeah, and well, that's the thing that I appreciated about him was that with his different view, the majority of time that you get somebody with different views, they're very kind of dogmatic about it and don't want to hear your side. He was like, I mean, this is what I've learned. This is what I think. But I mean, he even, you know, you guys will hear at the end of the show with, uh, we are all individuals. And I was like, dude, I, that's what I put in the comments. Uh, when I wrote it after you got, I'm like, dude, I couldn't have fucking ended this better. (laughs) Well, he even mentioned, uh, <clears throat> I can't clear this frog out of my throat. He's he even mentioned uh, not proselytizing. I think he's what he said. He's not evangelical about you know things. I mean, he might have his views, but he's not out there shoving it down anyone's throat. So that's cool. Because same way. I mean, why not? Yeah. 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 It was cool. really cool. Anyway, um, cool guy. Want to call call this one a wrap and get on with the show? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe already plugged everything. Guys, go check out the merchandise. Uh, we appreciate if you can remember you. the uh, seven different links to everything, and yeah. if you wrote it all down. <laughs> well, if you go to legitbat.com, uh, our socials are there, and the Rockfin link is there. Sweet. Basically, if you type in Legit Bat Podcast, <laughs> all of our shit's going to come up, because yeah, that Google name <laughs> is unique. Dude. I'll just put it that way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to outfit our car. I'm going to outfit my car with as much of our podcast as possible, and I'm going to call it the Legit Batmobile. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Brilliant. That's so fucking stupid. I love you. <laughs> fucking awesome. I love it. You're an oh idiot. Anyway, enjoy god. the show, guys. Alright. Till next time. Do I exist? I don't know. Do you, man? Hypothetically. Maybe. Maybe not. (laughs) Only you can tell that.
<laughs> well, it's good to meet you. I'm Joe. This is my wife, Jen. And then Ben's over there on the screen. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Jill. Joe and Jen. And, let me change my name. Jen. Here. Jen. Joe, Jen, and... Ben. Who's the other guy? Ben. ben. He, he's my brother. Joe, Jen, and Ben. Yes, yep. sir. <laughs> it sounds like a beginning of a rap song. <laughs> Joe, We've Jen, heard that a lot. Ben. That might be kind of a shitty rap song. <laughs> only, only if uh, shitty people wrote it, you know. Yeah, I bet we could. Uh, I bet we could task someone with finding a way to make that into a rap song. <laughs> yeah. So, how's everybody? Good, man. Uh, Good, what do you, man. What do you got going on today? I heard you had another interview or something before this, so I'm glad you could make it. I, we really appreciate it. I am. Out, I'm super busy. You know, I'm just. Uh just such a popular guy you know yeah. <laughs> well we appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to us for a little bit man i love i love doing these podcasts man. you know because when you get a certain age you know people really don't listen to you <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying especially family you know when, i don't think anyone's that, when, uh, once you reach that grandpa stage you know then you become more like a like a like a fly on the wall you know you don't really people that's, really don't hear you you know that's the age where you try to be helpful and they yell at you to shut up and sit down yeah. go to bed grandpa yeah. and, and and they yell because they know you're deaf <laughs> <laughs> that's when that's when you get to uh that's when you get to uh do gag gifts and then when they open it be like oh i'm sorry i thought it was something else and then just kind of chuckle to yourself <laughs> <laughs> revenge huh? revenge yeah. <clears throat> so what's going on what's the what's the team of this one nothing man we we just have conversations with people and call it good so uh we i just wanted to know what you've been up to lately because are you do you have any new movies or anything else coming out oh we got a ton of stuff coming up we uh my daughter and her guy uh been working on a pod uh a documentary for about almost five years now and uh, we're getting close to the end you know the end really was like, like the beginning of the end of the pandemic you know yeah so so uh yeah yeah every, every, i've been super busy really uh you know just trying to figure out our next move but uh you know, I, I, I've been really digging the, this um, uh, lockdown, you know. <laughs> uh, it's I, some I, people's paradise. I, I've heard that. Most owners no, enjoyed it. Seriously, especially especially me, because, you know, when I went to jail at, you know, three, I, they, they let me, led me to believe I was going to get house arrest. And so I was really happy with that, you know, I thought, <laughs> oh, shit, you know, because, uh, you know, I've been on the road most of my life, you know, all of my life, really. And once you get on the road, there's, um, I don't know, we're, we're like migratory birds, <laughs> you know, everything is temporary. You mm -hmm. know, you're only in a hotel for a few days, you're only here for a few days. And, 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 and when you're home, you're only home for a few days. Well, the lockdown has put my ass at home and I got nowhere to go. And so I get to enjoy it and I get to see all the problems, you know, oh, yeah. and, uh, and all the good things. And, uh, it's all good. 
it's all good. Has it so, has it kind of yeah. has it kind of given you a a new perspective? Uh, having kind of be forced to just kind of stay at home and watch everything, rather than yes. being as as so outgoing and and nor- the way that you normally would go about things. Has it kind of changed your perspective? Not being allowed to do that. Uh, not no no uh, no. What 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 it's done? It's when when you're stuck uh at home well see i'm a musician and and i've been on the road i've been (laughs) yeah i've been on the road all my life basically yes sir and uh and 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 so when you're a musician everything is just temporary the song you know the song's only a couple of minutes long and that's it And, and 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 so your life sort of gets into that rhythm well when you're locked down, <laughs> you got no excuse. You see, because uh, having, oh, I got to go, you know, that kind of uh, an excuse. Right, right. You got no excuse. And and then I find, you, you find out a lot about yourself. Like I, I found out I've got a very uh, short attention span. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that old and, attention and, deficit getting the better of you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's why I never made it through school. You know, sure. uh, I, I got as far as I could. I got as far as I could legally leave, you know, age wise. And I quit right away. And then I then I said, Oh, I better go back. You know, because this is hard work, you know, being uh, being uneducated, an, an uneducated laborer. That's really <laughs> tough work. And so, so I went back to school. But and soon as I figured out, you know, I wanted to be a musician, then I quit school again. And, uh, and, and, and here I am, you know, with a short attention span and everything. But uh, and things have worked out pretty good because I've been able to, uh, you know, get involved in certain things that made me rich and famous. So it's all good. Yeah, well, that's yeah, Tommy, gonna... Tommy Chong's ahead, message yeah. to the kids is uh, you don't need education. Just smoke weed. Look what happens. <laughs> No, 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 what it is, it's He's uh, fucking with you. not everybody, not everybody's going to be a, a, a nuclear scientist, you know, no, uh, or, or, or uh, uh, you know, um, uh, internet genius, you know, uh, but we, we, what I did learn is that we're all individuals, you know, and, and as, uneducated as I am, I've been able to sit with some very <laughs> highly educated people and have a conversation, you know. So, oh, yeah. so it's not that I quit learning. It's a, it's just that I quit learning under the, uh, you know, the, the usual thing. Because there's, a, there's a, like the easy way and there's the hard way. And I chose the hard way. <laughs> I think I think that that's fair for a lot of people, though. Uh, yeah. There was... Um... I can't I can't piece together the exact saying. I heard it a long time ago is that uh we don't make mistakes, we choose to do the wrong thing. Now whether or not that turns out into something <laughs> positive, it's still not necessarily a mistake. It's just that you chose a harder path by doing something you shouldn't have done. But at the end of the day, it's a learning experience of what you shouldn't ever do again. Well, some of the most well, well, uh, intelligent people I've ever met were people that didn't finish school or have no schooling. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because, 
because uh, the the re- really what schools have become is like oh. a, a a place to keep the, the herd, you know, put the yes. herd in, in in a safe environment, and then teach them something while they're there. You know that yep. that basically is, and that's why you know those people that went to jail trying to get their kids into the good school. You know, it was it wasn't about learning. It was all about uh, status, you know, and, uh, you know, and connection. You know, that's why people join uh, expensive golf clubs to get the connection. It's not that they're 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 going to be playing golf that much. It's, it's that they're going to be hanging out with rich people that play golf. There's a and, word and, for that, yeah. Tommy. It's called schmoozing. <laughs> <laughs> well, golf clubs aren't really for golf. They're for uh, day drinking and an excuse to day drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And making connections. Yeah, can... <laughs> I'm going to go work on my backswing and uh, hit on this blonde. <laughs> I think the educational system, though, doesn't really teach kids what they need to know in what their life path could be. You know, it, like they're teaching them very it teaches them what direct. To think. Yeah. yeah, it's a very like we're going to learn algebra. We have to learn science. We have to learn this. Well, what if like in your case, they want to be a musician? That's not really going to be as helpful as maybe more communication skills or something more tailored to a path that might be better for them. So, yeah, well, you know, no, no, don't, don't get me wrong. No, I, yeah. You know, like schools, universities, they're full of beautiful, smart people. And, right. and I, I really admire them. You know, in fact, I, I wanted, uh, I, I, I think a teacher, being a teacher is the most noble, it's the greatest job in the world, I think. And the reason I think that is because you're, when you're teaching, you're constantly learning yourself. You know, you're constantly learning. Uh, you can't help it because you're in that, that groove. And, and then if you're teaching like uh, kids or, you know, public school, you get that three months vacation, you know, and and so you get and you get all the vacation, all the holidays. And, and so you can travel and, and nothing um, more um, admirable than than someone with an education. They know where to go you know, and yeah. they know how to get there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and so there's a lot of like I've been watching travel logs uh, uh, lately, uh, you know, the documentaries of uh, different places, you know, because I'm locked down and I, I want to see what I- Ireland looks like and, or, or Alaska. You know, it's great. You got uh, that's another great thing about the lockdown. And so I've been watching the travel logs and, and seeing all these uh, exotic places that, you know, that we, we never get a chance to go see ourselves. Yeah, and 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 so no, I I really admire teachers for that reason, but then on the other hand, uh, guys like me, you know, we, we tend to become multi-billionaires, you know, because we're we're always looking, you know, we're we're, we're free, we're free from any kind of restraints, you know. Yeah, we can we can uh, try this or try that, you know. We're not constrained by too much education <laughs> and so so, so there, there's a whole thing it's, it's sort of a catch-22 in a way because guys with a lot of money they're stuck because they don't know what to do with it <laughs> you know? and so a lot of times all they do is hoard it you know they just hoard it and and and, and then they worry about about losing it and yeah uh, and they don't really spend the time to enjoy it like I've the most 
troubled people on, on the planet are children or offspring of rich people because everything's done for them. Oh, the trust you know? fund kids, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you take, like me, for instance, you know, I, I, had, the, I had no choice. I, I had to make it or starve. You know, or, well, I think or... I think that just like anything, it, it's all about balance. If if you don't have enough education, you don't work hard enough, you never get to be able to make the money, and then you're scraping for the rest of your life to get by. At the same time, you work so hard, and you and you're able to get you know where you want to be, but you don't have any time anymore to enjoy the rest of your life. So that's right. I there's there's a big balance between making enough and doing what you should do and being ambitious to get where you want to be, but also remembering a little bit, Hey, I need to slow the fuck down and go outside <laughs> and catch some wind and enjoy what's around me for a minute. Well, you keep telling yourself that, you know, I, I've been, around, I hear it's addicting uh, to not stop. Yeah. I I've been around, you know, lately, uh, a lot of very wealthy people. And, and the reason I'm around them is that they, they like, they like my company. Because I, I, I uh, you know, I'm famous, and and I'm famous in in a lot of ways that no one else can, you know, can kind of match that. You definitely have a demographic and stereotype. I'll give you that, sir. Yeah, and and and, and so my wealthy friends, they they love that that thing, and then they also love uh, my. Uh, my point of view sometimes <laughs> like I was with a lot of Trumpies uh, during, <laughs> during uh, the, the years of Trump. And uh, we had some interesting conversations, uh, which ended up, okay, no politics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. That's the real, no politics. It's usually the wives yelling at us, you know, no politics. because, you know, we get in the shouting matches over, over the Trump because yeah, the thing I, I found out with a lot of these, they're beautiful people, they're wealthy people, but they're, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like gambling. I don't know if you guys gamble or know anything about gambling. Hard, gambling yeah. it, it, it's, an, it's an addiction. It's like being hooked on heroin or being hooked on something, you know, because you can never win enough. Right. And you can lose everything <laughs> you yep. know? In, in a split second. Yes. And, and, and that's the, it's it. And, and you know what it is? This is what I found out. It's the adrenaline rush. Like I, I would tell people, if you want to get the thrill of gambling, go on a, like a four or five story building and get to the, go on the roof and get to the edge and then look over <laughs> and you'll get the same rush that gamblers get. Or go because skydiving. Yeah, because what happens is that your your body's getting ready for a, a lot of pain, and so you get filled up with these painkillers called adrenaline, right? You know, and and that just gives you uh, almost like superhuman uh, uh, reflexes and, and energy. You know, oh, that, that's why body's... they call them adrenaline junkies because they get addicted to that. Yeah. Those extreme sports yeah, I, guys, and that's what I don't. Is. I don't get adrenaline when I look over the edge of a cliff. I get vertigo, and part of why I don't look over cliffs <laughs> is because I'm afraid I'm going to shit my pants and fall off. <laughs> Which would also be a good story, though. 
<laughs> it's the big final try. rush I never wanted. <laughs> so do you do anything like yeah. that as far as adrenaline seeking? Have you gone skydiving or uh, anything e- extreme? No. No, no. no. Uh, most extreme is driving uh, with Sugar Ray Leonard. That's about the only, wow. the boxer, you know. Yes, oh, wow. Yeah, that can be that can be like a a rush. <laughs> I believe it. I imagine it's not that he drives fast; it's just that his reflexes aren't the best, you know, <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but uh, uh, neither are yours, right? <laughs> no, I'm terrible, man. I can I imagine to be an adrenaline rush driving with you too. So no, I'm the opposite. I, I go too slow. <laughs> I, I was coming home. I was coming home the other day. Uh, I guess the last year before the lockdown. <laughs> anyway, then I decided to start using Uber because I was driving home, and next thing I know, I, I, I fell asleep. Oh, and shit. I woke up. I woke up banging against the curb, trying to oh, bang oh, against the curb. And oh, that's when I woke up. And that was I almost said, the end of Tommy Chong right there. <laughs> That's right. I said, "Oh God!" But I don't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a speed junkie at all. I'm the opposite. In fact, my wife, you know, she, she tells she you to speed to, up a little. She's come on, come on. <laughs> like, no, come the on. You, the marijuana on. makes we're you almost, a way better we're driver. We're I I know it's illegal technically to drive stone, but I've always noticed, you know. Um, hypothetically that when you drive stone you drive way better because you're paying attention and you're going the oh. speed limit and you know you know what you're doing <laughs> yeah yeah that's why i don't drive stoned you don't <laughs> no god no, this guy's an idiot when he's idea. high though <laughs> yeah. so, 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 so you don't get anywhere then huh uh, no, I just, I, I just, I, I don't, sm- I don't smoke very often. So when I oh, do, yeah, yeah it, it, there's, I have nothing against it. And I, I, there was a time in my life where I did it all day, every day, but, um, I, I like being control clear headed and I, yeah, yeah. And in control. So yeah. like, yeah. I have to set aside time for me to get stoned because one of the things that we've all learned in our circle is that I can smoke the same amount as somebody else and I will get ripped. And so I've just decided, you know what, I need to I need to sit my ass on the couch, grab a bag of chips, turn on a show and then just sit there until it's done. He's basically the stereotypical teenager smoking weed and he's uh, 30 something years old. Yeah, well, we all go through that, that that stage. Well, you know, now I have I've been going through that stage for 12 years, man. Are you, sh- are you shitting me? <laughs> well, it could be 20 years. I I I. Uh... You know, because I do cameos uh, a lot, and uh, and it, my cameos, half of them ask me to smoke with them. You know, of course. And so, I, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, so I so I smoke. Oh. It, Twist and, your arm. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, anything for the game, for the team. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, and, and I got a, I got so much weed here, you know, because I, I get it free. You know, oh yeah, uh, because of, because of who I am, and and uh, and then I sell my own brand, and I get that free. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of problems. You know, that a lot of people would love to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you ever tried doing the uh, the dabs or the concentrates, the real you know shatter or whatever the, that's called? In the old days, we called it hash. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hash is a different story. The yeah. kids with their newfangled dab rigs and all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> Yeah, all that is, it's just, you're, you're just smoking uh, uh, concentrated uh, right. mar- uh, THC. 
Yeah. And that's what hash is. Hash is exactly that. Hash is a pollen, and it's the most uh, powerful, and uh, and you only need a little bit, you know. Oh, I know. I, I tried the I tried the dab thing, but there's too much ritual. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not good at that. You know. Uh, I'm not. Like I said, I got a short attention span. And, you know, <laughs> I can. I if someone hands me a joint, I can take a uh, yet real easy, no problem. Oh, yeah. But someone, you know, the but the dabs and then I see what it does to people. I'm not really, I'm not a big fan of that, you know. So it's too much point, for me. You're more of just the sit back and a social smoker rather than that. We're gonna sit in a circle and get ripped. Yeah, well, you can't do that anymore with the pandemic. You know, you can't True. put any yeah. your lips on someone else's uh, thing. I know how to smoke it without it, but you know, I, I now I, I'm not. I've never was a social animal when it came to smoking. You oh, really? Know, I, I, no, I was always because I grew up in Canada, and, and uh, it was like considered, you know, that you almost got a death penalty if you got caught. Wow! And, and so you, um, and so I was just a, a loner. I was in a band once that that the the organ player smoked. I smoked, and we were in the band together. We traveled together. And neither one of us knew the other one smoked, got high, <laughs> until, oh, until wow. we went out and we met, meeting our dealer, <laughs> the same dealer. At, what at the our, fuck are uh, you doing here? Yeah, yeah. That's what <laughs> and no, it was just a laugh. You know, just we looked at each other and laughed. But he was the same guy. He was. He was. Ended up my my brother in law, of, of my first marriage. <laughs> we used to. In fact, he was he was actually kind of like uh, uh, my first cheech because we I used to we used to play tricks on each other, you know, uh, because we knew we had we had secrets. It, it was funny. He turned out to be like a uh, a cat burglar, you know. <laughs> he, wow. he would he was a B and E artist, breaking and entering artist on the side. He was he was a thrill seeker too. Everybody's got to have a side hustle. He was real, he was real tough. He was really tough. He was bodybuilder, and he was really built black, uh, a, a brother. But uh, and we'd go to a town, and he would somehow find the toughest guy in the town, and then Some they would people meet. are magnets for that. They they would meet in the back alley, and they would fight. Yep. On t- until uh, they got tired. Just for the and then they would make a date. They would make a date to fight again. And, uh, <laughs> I mean that there, there's a whole culture there now. It's MMA, you know. Yeah, it's, now yeah. it's legal. You gotta get paid, paid for it. For it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back then it was called Fight Club. But that was yeah. That was that was uh, my. He, he passed away uh, a few years ago. It was uh, uh, I guess prostate cancer. But but oh yeah, Bernie. He was a, a sweet guy. And then at the end, you know, toward the end of his life, when he quit, when we grew up you know quit playing music he ended up uh marrying a, a very a christian a trumpy lady <laughs> <laughs> and, and he moved on to uh, i guess long 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 uh long island no long, long beach and uh and, we, and we, he would phone me up once in a while because he ended up getting uh uh what do you call when you, you can't remember shit dementia Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. He, 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 a little taste of that and so he'd phone me up to see if, if he could remember things. 
And he, hey, T, how are you doing? Oh, Bernie, what's up, man? Oh, I'm just fine. Just fine. I'm just calling to see how are you doing. I'm doing fine, man. Okay, see you later. And he called. Yeah. Yeah, his brother was the drummer uh, for the Three Dog Night. Remember the Three Dog Night? The, oh, yeah. The rock group? Yeah, that's Floyd. If you ever see a picture of him, that that was that was my other brother-in-law. In fact, he Floyd Floyd was respond. He was very funny. Floyd was responsible for uh, a few of our Cheech and Chong bits because he he was oh, really? that funny. Yeah, yeah, he was very funny. Do you still well, keep in contact you, with Cheech? Ahead, huh? Do you still keep in contact with Cheech? You guys still hang out? Oh or? yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were doing live shows right up until the pandemic. Yeah. And then uh, then we shut it down. And I don't think we're going to start again. In fact, I was just here in my, my office here thinking about um, doing a, uh, you know, writing another stand up show with 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 my wife, you know. Oh, that's I mean, cool. she was. Yeah, she was with the Cheech and Chong review. But uh, when Cheech and I split up, uh, Shelby and I, my wife and I got together. And we did a. We were doing a stand-up act for oh, a lot of years, you know, 10, wow. 10 years. And and so I think we're going to go back to that. She doesn't know it yet. But you guys, <laughs> in fact, got the scoop. <laughs> oh, right on. I appreciate it. That's awesome. I, I was wondering uh, – oh, sorry, Ben. I, I'm just going to ask, what what did you do the last year during the lockdown since you're used to being on the road so much? I know you said you liked being on lockdown because you could do you know other things. But have you done any live shows from the Internet, like any streaming shows or anything like that? No, other than cameos, no, no, no. Uh, there's lots to do when you're uh, a musician. <laughs> yeah, I got oh, my, yeah. my stuff here, and I just uh, play, uh, write, write songs. I'm a lyricist more than anything. Uh, I, although I've written, you know, some melodies, but my my strength is in the lyrics. And so the phone that I'm holding is full of uh, I, little fragments of bits and pieces. Like well, I was if gonna I, say, I go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. If I, if I talk to you guys and, 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 and either you or me or someone comes up with a, a phrase, I'll, I'll remember it and write it down. Because i got to write everything down now or I'll forget. I oh, do sure. too, and I'm younger than you. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I saw your collection there, obviously, as soon as you got on the camera. And it's a beautiful collection that you got on the wall there. Um, Joe is actually one of the few people that I know from... I would say probably 14 years old that took an old school program back when we were, you know, still living um, at our parents' house and uh, could just sit there and tack notes on the wall. And he, at 14, was writing uh, 10 different instrument, little melodies and things like that. And uh, to this day, he's the only guy that I know that self-taught himself multiple instruments. Um, I, I sing, but I'm also more of a lyricist. Joe can write lyrics as well, and he does the music, but he doesn't sing. So he can he can do drums and uh, play the guitar and play the bass and uh, write and yet, music here we and are read music and all of that fla- stuff. Flapping our dumb mouths <laughs> instead of doing music, but you know. No, no, no. Why why don't you sing? Oh, I I can sing a little bit too, but I'd rather just uh, play guitar or drums or something else. I just find it more fun. But we don't really. I mean, we got kids, so we don't really have time to start a band or actually nail down some songs we we have time to do hour blocks of our show and that this is a enough of a creative outlet i think it's it's filling that void instead of you know making music all the time but i'd love to but i i that's uh, yeah and we're the exact opposite all i do is sing but i wouldn't consider myself a musician or an artist whatsoever because i can't compose anything for shit 
Um, I would consider but, but, myself a vocalist. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, no, no. I was just because I was the same as you guys, exactly. You know, in fact, I, I, I'm, I'm still, I haven't changed. However, I once hired a, a singer that was really good. Uh, in fact, he got us to Motown. That's how good he was. Oh, wow. But he insisted that I learn that I sing backup. <laughs> and and so it wasn't I, I had no choice next thing i know i'm singing backup now i got to the point where i got good enough that sure. i ended up on on the mass singer <laughs> oh wow i saw that episode that's right yeah yeah i got and and you talk about a guy oh, the whole time i was with the band and with motown no one knew that I even talked, let alone sang. Because, you know? <laughs> like I said, I was—they just thought you band. played and smoked. <laughs> well, I was—I was, a, I was a, with a black band. I never had a chance. You know, I oh, never gotcha. Could get a—I couldn't get a word in. But but uh, Bobby, he, he literally taught me how to sing, and, and said, oh, yeah, um, you know. And then when I was with the mass singer, they—they uh, they give you a, a singing coach. You know. Oh sure. And, and so I took lessons. It was um, the greatest thing I've ever attempted. It was so much fun, and not only fun, but it woke up the the singer in me. And now when yeah. I play my guitar, I'm more singing than I am playing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's it's a, a whole it's a whole different ballgame. I, I I couldn't I couldn't agree more with that. When I watched the episode, it was funny because I. A lot, like many of the people that viewed it, it did not put my money on anywhere close to being you um, for the, the very reason that I did not think or know you could sing. So I remember when they took the mask off me, I was like, no fucking way. Oh, I'm going to have to watch that episode now. You have come a long way, sir. Well, I was also on Dancing with the Stars, man. I didn't and see that I one. I think I remember that, oh, yeah. Hey, you should check it out. You can find it. The same thing. What happened? My wife, who's a dancer, she went. Right. She auditioned for Dancing with the Stars, and then they found out who she's married to, and so they said, "Well, we can't use you, but uh, do you think your husband would be interested?" And of course, my wife, uh, she said, "Oh, yeah, of course he would. <laughs> you know, I'll have him come down." He doesn't know audition. it yet. <laughs> And so I went down and I talked to everybody. And next thing you know, I'm on Dancing with the Stars. That was the hardest thing that physically. Oh, in yeah. fact, it literally took years off my life. And I <laughs> aged. I, I aged on that sucker. I ended up with cancer. Uh, you know, the, the strain, the strain and about everything that. else. Oh, man, it was, <laughs> it was tough. But, and then it didn't help. I, you know, the reason I took it, I thought, Oh, I'm going to learn all these dances. Oh, yeah, sure, I'm going to do that. Forget that, man. What happens is that you get backled. You know what backleading means? Is I don't. your your partner leads you, but she makes it look like you're leading her. Oh and, wow! And so Peta, my partner, is a genius. You know, she's a genius dancer and a primo ballerina, everything, and so. What it looks like me doing all the steps, she is really leading me into into all the steps, and all I have to do is smile and make it look like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, 
I didn't learn shit, man. <laughs> In fact, I I got off that, and then my wife, who was, you know, she wasn't that thrilled with me dancing with Peter for two months and not seeing her. Uh, she she we went dancing tango. I couldn't I couldn't do one step. I couldn't do anything, and so now I, I'm spending most of my time, you know, my physical time, learning how to dance tango. Because, uh, you know, tango is a whole, it's like, it's like learning a different tune. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm you sure, know, the yeah. tune you learned before isn't going to help you with the tune you got to learn now. Oh, and that's where I'm at now. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a, a bowed uh, tango uh, beginner. I'm, I'm learning. Nice. Yeah, that's is, awesome. Is tango the one where you put the rose in your mouth and dance? <laughs> do, do you know why they had the rose in the mouth? No, why? Because the the dancer, the guy was smelled so bad. <laughs> <laughs> because these guys were workers; they were like uh, sailors and guys off the ship. And when you go sailing back in the day, there's no showers, right? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of water, but there was, you know, you never really got into the the cleanliness part of the thing <laughs> no and, so, and they didn't have baby wipes either <laughs> well it's, it's like the french you know during the french revolution yeah. you know everybody will walk around with perfume and they'd hold it up to their nose that's because the whole city stunk so bad wasn't that because they, they used no, to dump their uh, shit sewerage. out on the street yeah, yeah well, they, they dumped no their sewerage. poo out the window Gross. yeah <laughs> they had they had no sanitary that's why there was plagues and that's why the 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 tango dancer you see him with the rose it's because those guys stunk so bad. I don't know if a rose wow. would be enough to cover so up like, that amount of smell. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, that, and, and, and there's a lot of. Uh, there's like what you call the American tango, you know, but the Argentine tango is. is, is if, you ever, if you get a chance, go on YouTube and I've, check out. I've Argentine seen it. It tango. is beautiful. Oh, it's incredible. And if you want to. I'll, I'll give guys, I'll give you some advice, and, and, and ladies too. If you want to be the most popular guy on the planet with the ladies, <laughs> learn how to dance tango, or the men, depends on your gender or whatever you want. <laughs> learn how to dance tango. Yeah, it is the uh, Now I see why you're doing it, you dog. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I tell you, I, I went to a, a milonga, uh, to, more or less just to watch it. And because I, I, I look like a tanguero, uh, you know, yeah. I, I walk, as soon as I walked in the door, I had girls coming up to me. So we dance with me, please. Will you dance with me? I mean, these were like, and then when you dance with them, like, like, like my wife, for instance, see, the whole idea of tango is to make the woman look as sexy and as beautiful as you possibly can. And the way you do that is by the men have to have perfect balance. And the men look like they're hardly doing anything, but they're really showcasing their lady. That's the whole idea of tango. You see, tango was originally, um, and it still is, a mating dance in, Af in an African tribe from Africa. And where they would they would play with the feet, they would do this dance, and they would kind of play with their feet. And so when when tango was originated, uh, or or it came out, it, they the dance of the day was the, the waltz back in the day, you know. Right. And it was the most popular. It was all over the world, you know, the 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 civilized world. 
And so right. tango was sort of like it came out of Africa and then it mixed in with a little bit of the uh, of the uh, the waltz. And in fact, there's a tango waltz that you can do to a waltz song. Well, and they weren't really big fans of it, if I'm not mistaken. Right. They it was kind of almost a, in a lot of the parts for waltzing. It was kind of a stuffy rejection. Um Oh yeah, no. In no, certain totally. cultures that only only wanted waltzing, and they kind of looked at it as like a um, not degradation, but um, you know, kind of sleazy. Oh, what which one? The waltz or the, the yeah? Like when they when when tango uh, first started really getting popular, um, waltzing the predominant world of waltzing kind of like turned their nose up at it as kind of like a oh you know that's. Oh, uh, yeah. that's oh, a sleazy sure. thing. We're not going to do that. It's called racist. It's called a racist <laughs> thing. That's what it is. See, God, I did waltz, not know that. The, the waltz. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, England uh, probably originated in England. England back in the day uh, was is probably even to today in in some ways with the hierarchy. You see, sure. They're, they're the ones that are racist. You know, the, the, the royaling class, you know, they're so racist that you had to be not only white, but you had to be like German or something, the Aryan, you know, in order wow. to, to, to keep going. Well, the tango, the, it was the black uh, influence that created the tango. And then, uh, you know, then it spread in, in the bars, in the brothels, because that was the only place where uh, the tango dancers, male, could hire a, a, a hooker to dance with them. And, and he would teach her the dance and then uh, then the, the, the you know instead of you know just for sex it was for danger but hire him for dancing and 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 it spread throughout the through the world and you go to Buenos Aires now uh, there there are tango schools there are tango clubs and it's a whole culture but I'm telling you right now man if you want to really find something that you can do when you get older because there's a lot, of, you know, when I did uh, Dance with the Stars, uh, there wasn't one dance that I can do now at my age, right. you know, uh, the quick step or, or yeah, and even the waltz. In the waltz, you have to have the costume and everything else. But tango, you have to look neat and clean and everything else. You can be uh, 90, you can be 100 and still have tango moves, you know, and it'll keep you young because the first thing you have to learn for men is how to walk <laughs> yeah oh wow <laughs> well i think yeah. you're gonna make it to 90 100 120 maybe uh not to go not to i know you've told the story before about how you beat your cancer and all that what is there a certain view you had on the pharmaceutical industry and that's why you kind of wanted to go the natural pathway and try to fix it with your diet i was just curious about that oh not at all not at all i uh i'm, I'm not you know, I'm like everybody else. See, I, I feel that medicine and doctors, you know, uh, they they are, you know, uh, for the most part, you know, it depends on 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 who's paying the bills or or who's charging, who, right? You know, uh, but the medicine itself, the herbs like marijuana, for instance, or cannabis or hemp whatever you want to call it it's been a medicine since the beginning of time you know 
the Chinese have written three, three, five thousand years ago. Uh, they they had that written in, you know, in their journals that uh, it was good for menstrual cramps and it's good for uh, uh, cancer. Yeah. Uh, b- back then. And so so I was always uh, kind of both. I, I had because my mother had TB when 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 I was a baby and uh, she had one lung removed. And, and if they had awaited a month, they would have had the medicine that she would have kept her lung, but they never. And so she she was one of the last to have a, a, a lung removed because of uh, the lack of uh, the medicine. I think it was streptomyosin oh, wow. or something like that. No, I'm a big believer in, in modern medicine, big believer. You know, yeah, I had some um, pothead kind of weirdos come around saying, "Oh, you know, because he, you know, Tommy Chong, oh, oh, you're gonna, don't worry, we'll cure you with marijuana." I said, my son said, "Get the hell out of here." <laughs> he used a, another kind of language, and so I, I did the straight medicine. I did uh, whatever they told me to do. The the uh, what do you call it? The radiation. I, I did the radiation, and the good news, I got. I had I had uh, prostate cancer, and the trouble is with prostate is that, and that's what my brother-in-law died of. They the doctors say, well, it's so slow moving, we're not going to do anything because you'll probably die of something else first. You know, they give you that good little rap. Oh, that's <laughs> and, fun. And so when I got rectal cancer, uh, we went to the the specialist, and the specialist, okay, we got to radiate it. And uh, and then we got to take it out. And so while they were radiating my uh, rectum, they they said, "Well, we're down here. Might as well do the prostate too." And so they radiated the prostate, cleaned that out. Boom! I got the operation, got the plumbing moved around to the front, and uh, I've been cancer free. You know, but that's I odd. used but I used weed to heal. See, yeah. that's what you use to heal, because the 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 THC and the CBD oil. It it calms the body. See, that's what what pot does. It calms the brain. In fact, it shuts the brain down almost like a, like a coma would, you know. And when you do that, then you don't have that fright or flight feeling. You know, right. your body's not in conflict with uh, your existence. Your body, just like an animal, when a when a dog gets sick, it doesn't go to the vet by itself and crawls right. off into a corner and, and, and fast. It doesn't eat, doesn't drink and just lays there and let the body heal itself. And that's what marijuana does. It allows the body to heal itself. And that's what I did. And that's why I'm totally cancer free now. Well, that that's, well, that's it's got to be irritating though. Cause I mean, they're coming out with all these studies now about how good it is for cancer and literally everything else. Does that kind of piss you off that you had to go to jail over that back in the I, day? I mean, come on. I, I don't get irritated. <laughs> that's that's the, the, the joy. That's the joy of cannabis. No, what you want to do? Mix cannabis with meditation. Oh yeah, that's Ooh, the key. I believe that could be. That's the key. Mix cannabis with uh, spiritual uh, books. That's what I've been doing. That's what I did in prison. I turned prison into a, a spiritual retreat. It was like I was like a monk. You know, I had my cell, you know, I didn't have to worry about dressing clothes or what I had to do that day or anything. And so all I did was, was deal with spirituality. 
you know, read my uh, Joel Goldsmith books or my Emmett Fox book. Here's my Emmett Fox. And, and here's, you didn't have cannabis in there, right? So it was it was kind of like switching gears for you to go all spiritual. Not at all. Not at all. No, I've been. This is the book Emmett Fox. Uh, you can get get it. You can get it online. And and what it, what Emmett Fox does, it explains the Bible. See, the Bible was written, it wasn't written by, Jesus never wrote anything. And, and, and all the disciples, they wrote a lot of things after the fact. And sometimes it was hundreds of years after the fact. And, and so but, and back in the day, the, the, there was no writing. This is all verbal. And so the Bible itself was written by humans and that. And so there's a lot of code words in the Bible. But the Bible is the blueprint of how we should live our life on on this on this planet and uh and i've been you know i went head long into that when i was in prison but the thing it, it that i learned and emmett fox teaches and joel goldsmith taught me the same thing is that you don't give these this information out for money and you don't give it out unless you're asked if someone asks you, like you asked me, uh, you know, it's, so I can tell you, but right. you don't processize, you know, or whatever the word is, you don't go and preach for a reason. Right. I consider, I consider preaching like someone giving people directions to Disneyland that never asked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great metaphor, actually. Um, I, I did have a question kind of, I guess. Cause that's all stuff that I didn't, you know, and I wouldn't, but, uh, that's all stuff that I would have never known about you. Um, oh. I was going, I was, that brought a question to my head of, uh, what is probably in your opinion, one of the most different or, uh, irritating, um, assumptions, or I guess you could say stereotypes, um, that you get from people that you meet that like you were talking about how your son, you know, said, get the hell out of here. Um, what is probably one of the most different things that maybe somebody doesn't know about you that uh, maybe is different than the public view? Well, it depends on the public, you know, what, sure. what, what view you're going through. You know, like when you look, you look at what, uh, say, Bush's administration, you know, okay. President Bush, uh, Ashcroft, for instance, you know, I, I went to jail for a couple of reasons. Uh, and I think the main reason I went to jail was that my name is Chong, you know, it wasn't Smith, it was Chong. And so that was, that was a, a red light for these guys. And I went to jail for, uh, promoting a, a lifestyle that they deemed, uh, you know, they demonized, you know, they demonized the hippie lifestyle. You know, we were, you know, we're children of the spawns of the devil. And Rebels. So it's, it, so it's misinformation, you know, by, by the people in charge. And Joe Biden, by the way, wrote the law that put me in jail, the paraphernalia law. You know? Oh wow! And, and when he was running for president, <laughs> I was one of his—I was probably one of his biggest supporters, you know, because I don't. One thing I learned of this in the spiritual world is the last thing you want to do is harbor a grudge. You know, you know, because they tell you in the Bible, you know, don't come to the altar if you if you uh, if you got anything wrong with your brother, 
not a stranger, but if you've got differences with anybody, clear them up. And then uh, another uh, thing that you, is, is agree quickly with your adversaries. In other words, don't argue. Don't try to argue with anybody. And so, so when I went to jail, I, I, I didn't blame anybody. I didn't blame the cops or, or the judge or, or even the lawyer that took a uh, hundred grand from me, knowing that I was going oh, to jail. And he took a hundred grand. He could have said, "Okay, he's gone," and I could have saved a hundred grand. And he came up later because I wrote a book, and he came up and he and he and he and he kind of thanked me for not outing him, you know, for being a greedy uh, lawyer. No, yeah. I, I man, that was one of the greatest things. Is, that I learned is judge not. See, if you don't judge people, it's, it, there's another one too. Expect nothing and you'll never be disappointed. Yeah. Now, everybody expects things from, say, from a wife, from a husband, from, a, um, you know, for Christmas, you were expecting something or a birthday, you're expecting something. And, and, and if you don't get what you're expecting, then, then, you get crushed but if you expect nothing then whatever you get you appreciate it whatever it is because you weren't expecting it you know and 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 then, so i learned that if if you harbor a grudge against anybody you're just hurting yourself you're just stopping your own uh development you know it's just like listening to music and, and I was just as bad as everybody else. There were certain groups that I really did not like, you know, or I, I would turn it off, like, oh, turn off that crap, you know. I've changed so much now that uh, that I want to, when I get in an Uber or something like that there, and they'll say, what do you want to hear? I'll say, well, play what you're listening to. What turns you on? And I get, you know, because that's, that, that's what I'm doing now. I'm discovering everything. And one, you know, there was a like there was some kind of music. Uh, the, the Beach Boys. I oh, hated yeah. the Beach. I hated the Beach Boys. <laughs> hated them. And then I started. Then I, I had to get out of my head. I started looking at at, at the, you know some of their stuff, and it was man, that's that's great. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> because I never listened to it. I just listened to my own, uh, or the rumor, the prejudice, because I was, I'm so into jazz, so into blues, you know, and then I, I, I discounted everything. Well, now I got rid of that because I got rid of the judgment, the judgmental thing. And my life is so beautiful now because now I appreciate, appreciate everything. It's kind of like sushi. You know, when you when you first just hear about sushi, it goes like, what? Eating, raw, yeah, yeah. eating <laughs> raw fish? Yuck. And then... I've tried it. You get, try it. <laughs> then you get turned on, and then it's like, oh, my God. Then you become a regular at a sushi bar. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Insatiable. Yeah. I, when I first heard of sushi, I was like, uh, nope. Why would you even do that? And yeah. then I tried it one time, and now I'm like, I get a craving for it now every couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm like, I need sushi. No, I've tried for years to like sushi. I try so hard. Every time he has sushi, I'm like, let's do it. I'll one try of these it. Days, I'm going to try it. Something's going to snap. Everything. I've tried sashimi. It makes me want to throw up every time. I'm, I'm yeah. seeking it out. I'll find you, out. You, 
Are you a Midwest girl? Do you, where you grown? Where'd you grow up? Massachusetts. That's that's seafood, isn't it? That that's on it the is. But yeah, I don't like lobster. any of it. Lobster. <laughs> oh no, yeah, my... but you're not a sea, you're not a seafood person. No, I tried it though. I was forced to. My parents had lobster and crab and mussels yeah, and all yeah, sorts of stuff. Yeah. I just don't. I tried it all. I just. And, and what kind of food do you like? What are you like meat? Like everything kind of? else, like every single <laughs> other thing besides sushi and, and cook, fish. Cook though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's great. Besides that's filet great. mignon, I went to, I went to a, a, a dermatologist because I had uh, some problems, you know, and she she told me. Uh, too much seafood, and so I quit. Oh, wow. I had to quit oh, eating wow. seafood. Too much iodine wow. in, in, in in my system, oh, yeah. and and I was breaking out and everything. And and I'm I'm really a meat and potatoes, and I'm I'm a kind of guy. I love mashed potatoes. I love potatoes yes. anyway. Anyway, yes. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, uh, going back to something that you'd mentioned was, uh, you know, you're talking about how now that you got rid of the judgment. Um, and you started listening to new things and kind of broke open. Uh, I, I think, in my opinion, I think that's probably the one thing that uh, is more infuriating than anything else is uh, people don't just stop and listen anymore. They don't, they don't listen to something that is either being told to them or new experiences, and they immediately turn it off. And then they never experience what that was or they never hear that side of the story um that somebody is trying to explain because they just they immediately judge it and shut their brains off um i can't would you say that in the idea of just finally letting all of that go finding the spiritual healing that you had and all of that do you just kind of feel a little bit better about every moment and you were talking about those small moments that you had that now it's kind of like well you know i got more of them do you just kind of sit back sometimes and take it all in and think, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm free. I freed myself, you see, because we're, 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 we're trapped with our social uh, habits. Yeah. You know, we're, that's what traps you, you know. Uh, if, if, you know, it depends on how you were raised. But, but that, 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 you know, usually in, the, in America, especially, you know, you get trapped in these social habits. And every country has, has them, you know, for, for whatever reason. I, I just recently went on a Ramadan fast. Oh, wow. Know, uh, for for Ramadan. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Think about it. I didn't know anything about it. But my, my son's wife is Indonesian. And, and so... Ramadan came and she was going on a fast. I said, "Oh, I'll, I'll join. I'll join you," because I, you know, one thing about health, especially uh, with cancer and that, is uh, fasting really helps because you, you you have to fast in order when they examine you. Uh, you know, right. you can't have any food in your system. Okay, but the, the good news is that you lose weight. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> cleaning house on you. Yeah. Yeah, and so when when the fat Ramadan came up, I, I said, "Oh, okay." So I looked into Ramadan. First of all, you only fast from sunset, uh, sunrise to sunset, so that's easy. That's not so bad, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you missed breakfast, you missed uh, 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 dinner, or you know, lunch. And, but and then after the sun goes down, you can have supper. And so so it wasn't it wasn't hard at all. It was it was actually yeah. quite nice. 
I, I yeah. really enjoyed it. You know, it got me off uh, the, the, the habits. I, I love fasting. There's a whole thing about fasting that that feels so good. My daughter just went on a, she went on like a 50 day fast. Holy uh, shit! Yeah, she had to lose quite a. She was she's an actress, Radon Charm, and and so she uh, she got a part in a movie, and then she saw the dailies and saw that she was heavy, and so she, I mean, I I never no one told her. She just figured it out herself, and so she went on a, like a 50 odd day fast, wow. and she lost. 20, 25 pounds or something. She looks fabulous. Wow. And so now she's on another fast. She wants to lose the rest of it. No, fasting is great. And 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 that, that's what I'm saying about, you know, uh, getting out of these, these old old beliefs. So many people, and including people close to me, uh, they don't really take the time to listen or to study they just go on what their friends tell them uh, you know the old wise tale that that kind of explains the whole trump uh attack on the capitol because uh, all they were doing was listening to rumors and gotcha. then one rumor would would lead to another rumor and then instead of checking out or you know, instead of saying, oh, is that really true and checking it out? They just believed whoever told them because it's a laziness, you know, and it fits their agenda. And so that, that then all of a sudden, you know, uh, black people need to die, you know, that kind of thing. And, and right. Uh, and, and, and so but everybody's an individual. See, that's that's the thing that you'll learn. Everybody will learn. And that's what I learned when I was in prison, is that we're all individuals. And as, and we're, we're, there's not another you ever, anywhere. There's, yeah. even if you've got a twin, an identical twin, <laughs> he's a twin. He's separate by himself. We are so individual. And then the other epiphany that I had, uh, you know, recently, is that... <clears throat> I, I figured out eternal, you know, because eternity is always written in the Bible. It was written in all the holy books. Eternal. What does eternity mean? Well, what eternity really means is that we are, we are like water. Every drop of water that was here when earth was formed is still here. You know, it, oh, it yeah. did not disappear. It just changes form. We are 90% water. Right. We've always been here. Our bodies, in one form or another, have, have always been here. Now, our soul is which as, as was never born and will never die. No. So why are we here? Simple. To learn. To learn. Because when you're in a spiritual state, there's no want, need, or desire for anything. And so there's no learning. There just is. And, and, and the spiritual world is just made of love. That's all. It's all. It, we're, we're like little electrical particles that have always been here and will always be here. And what happens to us, and why are we here? We're here to experience life. That's what we're here to do, to experience life, the good, bad and the ugly the whole 
realm of it. And why do we keep coming back? Because we can't learn everything all at once. We have to evolve like we like we did from the beginning. You know, we started off in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And we ended up on the land and then we ended up in the trees. And now we're now we're uh, you're walking around, you know, and, and getting into electric vehicles now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're coming up on our uh, on our hour, Tommy. But thank you so much for joining us. We couldn't end it better ourselves. Uh, words of wisdom from you. And uh, is there what do you? And in closing, the my last thing. Do you have anything you want to tell everybody that you're doing? I know you said you had a couple new projects you're working on or movies. Well, you know, I'm selling my. Uh, well, Cheech and I are getting uh, dispensaries called. We're, we're we're getting a bunch of them, so keep your eye open for them. Okay. We're going to open open one in uh, uh, Cathedral City, uh, oh, nice. California, just outside of. Uh, we, we spent four twenty there, and we got one in San Francisco that we're dicking around with the landlord. Uh, but that that'll be the first two that we open but awesome. they're going to be dispensarias and i'm going to uh, uh i'm designing uh, the dispensaria so it's, it's going to be more than just you know go there and have some bud tender tell you what you should be smoking you're going to have a yeah. good oh, nice. part of you in that project <laughs> oh hell yeah oh, you know you know it it's going to be good well, before we let you go, uh, I want to take a selfie since we can't see you in person. We're going to take a screen selfie with you. Oh, what a great idea. There we go. Hey, All right, Tommy. Uh, you know what? I, I just personally, I want to say thank you very much for taking the time. I know that you're always going to be a busy guy and you're going from things to things. Uh, so thank you very much for uh, doing this and uh, we'll let you go and from you know, all the listeners that I know are going to enjoy this. We really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Okay. The last thing I want to tell everybody or somebody is mm-hmm. check out, check out Emmett Fox. Oh yeah, sure. Go, go online and check him out. And uh, th- this particular book is called Around the Year with Emmett Fox. And what you can do, what I do, is uh, just randomly open up, kind of think of what you want to deal with randomly open open the book and and and, and be amazed nice. thank you awesome. we'll do thank you sir okay. thank have you. a great bye rest bye. of your day mm-hmm. all right bye 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 bye